sourcing for innovation, making sense of the rapidly changing worlds of artificial intelligence, workforce development, and digital transformation. Yes, this is Sourcing for Innovation, episode 20. My name is Adam Curtis. Joining me today from Denver, Colorado, Greg Kinsel, Principal Business Strategy at Catalyte in our Digital Transformation Division. Greg, how are you? Doing great, Adam, and looking forward to our little discussion today. Yes, today we are going to flip a coin and make sure that people come down on the right side, whether you've picked heads or picked tails. We want to make sure that you are part of the 50% of digital transformations that actually succeed. Now, that number floored me when you sent it to me. This is from the Forrester Future of IT 2018 study, and they found that literally close to 50% of all digital transformations fail. So hopefully you're going to be able to give us some good advice to make sure that you are in the right 50%. Before we get into those sort of details, um, this is a very large concept. It's a very large and amorphous term. So can you sort of level set here and give us, is there a set definition of what digital transformation is when you're talking with clients, or does it really vary by the level and size and maturity of the organization that is looking to transform? Uh, I'd have to say when you go company by company, there is not a set definition for digital transformation. And again, based on the other question, it does kind of base on uh, what kind of industry they're in, how the company's kind of set up, uh, whether it's still well siloed or not. But there is, in my opinion, a true definition of what digital transformation is for a company. And it's not just which most companies take the approach of, oh, I've got to get out on the cloud. I've got to enhance my mobile app or my tablet app or whatever it may be. But really, what digital transformation is for a company is to look at the kind of three pillars within a company of people, technology, and process, and be able to align your company going forward to transform your business to be able to be nimble in the digital environment. So by nimble, it's meaning that you're able to react faster to changes that come out within any industry that you're in. Because today, there's quite a few competitors. There's a lot of things changing. And everything's changing much more quickly than it was even a couple of years ago. So by being able to transform your business and be aligned correctly within the digital kind of push that your company needs to do or their initiatives is only going to really enhance your chances for success down the road. Now, those three pillars that you mentioned, people, technology, and process. Is that a list in order of importance? Are those the order in which you need to sort of handle the digital transformation, or are those just the three that you need to tackle all together at once? What you need to do is really tackle those all at once. So if a good example, let me work with that one. You're a power company, and you're trying to, or a utility company, uh, electrical and gas power, and you're trying to put your uh field techs out there, be able to provide them the most information that they can, as well as be able to fix the problem that may be happening within your grid or your service area, and be able to allow them to do it that much faster. So when you think about all of that, you're talking about the people, you're talking about the techs and what they need to be able to do their job. There's already a process that's probably been set that they have to go out and evaluate, figure out what 
what is broken, figure out what part they need to do, be able to get the part and make the fix, whether it's on their truck or not. And then there's got to be that technology while they're out in the field to be able to to figure out how to get the part, where is it, or do I have it on my truck, or how long will it take me to get this? So when you look at it, it's not just a people problem, making sure that that person really understands how to use their technology. It's not the, just the process on how they go about rolling the truck to go to the tower to fix the transformer on the pole or the technology that they use to manage it, open the ticket, close the ticket, be able to alert customer service so they can let the overall customers that may have an outage know when or if it has been fixed. It's a combination of all three of those that you really have to look at to make that digital transformation to serve all of them. Is there a better way to do it? Are there too many mechanical or controls in place that prevent this from going smoothly and being able to provide that service or that fix as fast as possible. Now, staying with that example of a utility company, what would be sort of the way in which they're doing it now? And then what would be a hypothetical end state? Is this going from as sort of, quote unquote, simple as pen and paper to being completely digital? Are most of these already on a spectrum and they need to go farther? Where is the end point? And then where are we starting from? So where you're starting from is, say, with this utility company, they may have had a set process that they've had for a few years or quite a few years of what steps you're going to complete to fix a transformer on a pole. So that was already built kind of based on best practices that they had by their techs in the field that these are the steps you have to do to, to fix it. Then technology was built to kind of support that. So it may have been pen and paper with one of those clipboards that you're doing everything and then maybe picking up a phone and then calling into a call center to say, hey, it's fixed or I need this part, it'll be a couple hours or whatever it may be. And then you have that people point of you might have either less capable from a technology kind of knowledge uh, base to a high technology knowledge base for your uh, techs in the field on what they can and can't do. So if you start with those and you start with the utility, it's probably very process-oriented and all built around that process. So if you're going to go and get a good, successful digital transformation, you almost have to start back at that process where everything was built, look at the people that are doing that process, and then take the time to, are all these steps still necessary? Do we need all these checkpoints as you go through? Would it be better if we had an inventory of where everything may be that fits the best for you and kind of rebuild that whole system for them down to maybe they have a tablet or a computer mounted like you see in police cars, other things, a computer mounted in their truck, that they have access to do everything that they need. And then they have the training also. So they understand how to use that system. And you've made it down to that common denominator that everybody can use it. Thus, I may take a time that because I have to call in to see where the part is and I have to, may have to sit on hold to get something, whereas I can put a hold on that part directly from my truck, go pick it up, come back, and maybe fix that transformer in 60 less minutes, 120 less minutes, something along those lines. And we've also got a better process that also those field techs are much more efficient on how they do their work. So I've taken a look at all three of those pillars to actually build that new digital system for that utility. So in this situation, 
um, again, hypothetically, the system that they have is working. It might not be the most efficient. It might not be fully digitally transformed, but it has worked for the company to some degree. Now, how is it possible to go about this transformation without a total disruption to your business? And disruption in this case, meaning more like an interruption of key business endeavors or really, you know, the core ways in which your company makes money. If you just go in and rip it all out at once, you're going to have some major disruption. So how do you go about implementing the digital transformation without throwing a total wrench into the gears? Well, one of the statements you had there in the beginning is I'm a successful company. I have over 50% of the market share and everything's great. Why do I even need to really change how I'm doing my business? Well, today in today's market, and I'll tackle this part first, then I'll talk about why should I even go down this road. But you may have new competitors that come out that are going to be more nimble, have a better approach to how they do your business. They're going to start taking away and eating away at your market share. And so even though you're great today, doesn't mean you're going to be great tomorrow. So you almost have to start looking and trying to be out there as that leader or trying to at least be able to keep up with where the market's going so your market share doesn't erode. The other part of that question that you just gave me was, why do I, if everything's working today for these, uh, for the field techs going out for my utility company, why do I even want to disrupt this? Well, when you think, I, I took that as kind of that's my customer base. If I'm in IT, if I'm in that kind of senior leadership, it's that's kind of the customer base for my field techs. Make their job easier, give them the technology and the tools so they can do their job better. Well, that's also going to help me on the other end towards my customer base. I mean, granted, in a utility, not necessarily the best example. I can't pick up and change who provides my electricity to my house um, instantly. But my opinion of them and whether I'm going to lobby people to let them get a rate increase or whatever is going to be based on their customer service towards me. So if I've gone through this process to keep drop outages and time for outages, say, by 50% down because my process now is better, and the technology for my reps is that much better, then also it's going to reflect in my customer service, my, my ratings when it goes to, say, like a better business bureau or whatever. I'm going to get those increased also. So it's not just, say, that internal fix I make. It's going to have ripples within my company. The more pointy question would be, is this implemented sort of on an iterative basis so that you're going through small in-the-field hands-on changes so that both techs can keep up, the technology can keep up, or is this something where it's done in the background um, over a period of time of planning and sort of trial and error um, and then implemented all at once in the real world? As I work with this, I'm going to want to include these reps out in the field as I kind of look at their process and how it works. And, and what are the current roadblocks or stumbling blocks that they may have with the current technology and the current process? So we get that set first and we use the field to work it. Then we build the new, take the new process, build the new tools for it. And then for something as um, large as this, you'd probably do a phased rollout because I'm also going to have to cha- train everybody who's out there who does this work for my company. So I can't like big bang it. Um, a big bang type transformation 
would be if I'm going to move my my group from say more premise-based systems, say either for accounting or finance or payroll or something along those lines and move towards something that's more cloud-based, digital, something that's not as big a draw within my IT group, but also it's going to have a bigger impact across my um, company. What sort of plan do you need to have in place, though? Because I'm guessing for this, you need to have a more comprehensive plan already drawn up and then be able to implement that rather than going with a what would be considered almost a pure agile um, method for implementation where you're doing this quote-unquote sprint by sprint. And I would still go with the agile type approach to any project like this because as you go through, if it's something that's going to be more than a couple months, you're going to realize that there will be changes. There will be a technology change or um, a market change that you have to be nimble enough to kind of shift how you're working these projects out. But ultimately, yes, you have to have a plan. But what you really have to look at is who is the owner of that plan. Right now, IT is kind of a service organization. They get their projects, they set up their plans, they run them through. They're the ones who are the true owners of them. And that's where when you go into digital transformation, you almost have to move that up a few layers. You have to get the CEO to understand these large transformation initiatives and own them. And it's and so it's driven from that level down. So it may be IT or IT and HR that are implementing this new payroll system. They have to provide the reports and transparency so the CEO can still can manage this, but it, it ultimately has to have the buy-in from the top down. If you don't, there's going to be all the noise that hits IT that from all the different siloed organizations that they need something because they're losing their competitive advantage. And the CEO is going to hear what they're saying, and he could change the initiatives every three months, every six months, every two days. And that's where you have to make sure that CEO is behind this, has that ownership, and has that visibility and to see how that project and how everything's being pushed down the pipe and out the door. Now, does a CEO also have to be the one to sort of start this decision process, or do they just need to be involved and have some skin in the game? Who within the organization is typically um, the person or department that raises the red flag and says, hey, this needs to happen, let's make it so? It would come from either one of your uh, business units. So say if you're a company that has a couple different retail lines, and it might come out from one of the retail lines. It also could come from the CIO in kind of a new role that the CIO needs to hold, and instead of being a service provider, being an enabler. might know that there's a way that you can change your platform that allows you to make changes on a monthly basis versus an annual basis. So it could come from within IT. It could come with it from marketing or product A or HR. And that's how it comes in, but all at the high level. And, under, and that group, and especially CIO, understands why, what value it's going to add to the company. Why are they doing it? Is it going to cut my costs so I have a better... Um, bottom line at the end of the year, or is this going to give me the an advantage to get into a new market or just increase my market share? Going back for one second to this idea of um, 
sort of bit by bit transformation or all at once big bang. Um, in this Forrester uh, 2018 Future of IT study, that was one of the reasons they really cited for this failure rate is because companies bit off more than they could chew. The digital transformation efforts they were trying to do were just too large, too cumbersome for them to fully um, complete, at least within the parameters that they set for success. In their, their latest, their 2019 Future of IT study, they said that this year, 2019, is quote-unquote, the year that transformation goes pragmatic. Now, those are their words, but what does that mean to you? If you're thinking about a pragmatic digital transformation, what would that look like? So a pragmatic one would be looking at where you kind of building the strategy, I guess would be the best way to put it, of where you want to be in two to three to five years. And then taking a look at your digital transformation from that point of view. You're going to have some projects, um, which I, the bit by bit, I like to think of low-hanging fruit. There are some smaller ones that you can start changing the way that you're going to reorganize and have some of those to kind of, um, say, have training wheels on your bike. So if you are moving from a waterfall or um, a waterfall agile type environment, you need to move to be more agile and be more nimble. You use some of those kind of low-hanging fruit projects to really perfect how you do that. Um, along with that, you're going to have to break down those silos that HR has their projects and marketing has their projects and start looking at probably most projects cross across or affect multiple silos. So quit having it be an HR project, have it be that we are doing this initiative, which includes HR and marketing and product A in the team that's going through to push this whole initiative through. But at the same point, you also have to look at those bigger items. So going back to what most people say is uh, digital transformation is getting on the cloud. Maybe you have to start moving your applications out onto the cloud. It's not just a lift and shift for the most part. You have to make sure that they're going to work well. And those are bigger projects. Those take more time. There's more coordination amongst everybody as you move those things out. So when you go back to your question, do you do it bit by bit or do you do kind of big bang? You almost have to do a combination. Part to understand how you kind of get your organization aligned around these initiatives, these these value drivers for your company. So you get everything put in place firmly, but at the same point you are, there are some fundamental, or as they said, pragmatic changes you need to make to not only company organization, but your IT infrastructure to support this new environment that you're going into. And it seems like this is also beneficial for just human nature that you can see some progress and that brings more people into the fold and believing in it and has sort of a snowball effect so you can tackle some of the low-hanging fruit and then have more people buy in to get those really large, big items completed and succeeded um, in their transformations. Correct. So my best example for that would be all the different coffee shops out there, the bigger ones, say a Dunkin', a Caribou, um, and Starbucks. Well, Starbucks came out with the order ahead on their on their app. And so Dunkin' already had an app that you can go in and pay, put money into it and do it. Same thing for, say, a Caribou. But as soon as they did that order ahead, 
you may have already been, say, the Duncan or the Caribou and thought, I need to change how my app goes, but now I've suddenly gotten this push that can get a low-hanging fruit change made to this application that will keep my market share or help me maybe gain a little bit more in some of my markets if I can get that order ahead added to my app. So that would be that kind of low-hanging fruit. I can get it kind of put on there pretty quickly, test this being nimble. And at the same point, maybe there's something in the background that's going through for the major rework of the app to add a better point system or something along those lines. Now, we've talked about success and failure here, but we've never really defined what that is. Is there, just as there a set definition for what digital transformation is, how do you know if you've succeeded in it or if you failed in it? Is it simply that you've met all the criteria you set out in your plan or do you have other metrics in which you're pulling back to see, is did this actually work? Well, this goes back to how you set up the project in the first place. You have to put in those key performance indicators. And if you're going to do a big project, you're going to probably set a return on investment because you're going to know how much it's going to cost to do this and how soon do I see my savings or my increased market share. So those are some of the big ones that you can see up front. Um, some of the failure ones is based on noise that I might have had within my IT organization or just the fact that priorities changed after I spent six months trying to go down one path and I just stop it. Or I go down and I, and I keep my blinders on and I'm not nimble enough to make little changes and I produce something that doesn't deliver the value that we originally set out. But going forward, you need to set those key values. Am I reducing costs? Am I increasing productivity? Am I gaining a market share? Am I getting a competitive advantage by doing this? If you don't have those up front, you can't measure them as you go, and you can't measure them at the end. So in the sort of the pre-plan process, you need to set out what you want to accomplish, how you're going to measure that that's accomplished, have a plan in place that is specific enough so you can decide whether you succeeded or failed, but yet nimble enough that if something comes along and a new technology arises in three to six months, you can pivot and include that back into your transformation. Correct. And that's, again, going back to to be successful in this, you need to reorganize around that people, technology, and process to make those the most valuable for your company and get away from it being an HR silo and a marketing silo and product A silo. And IT is a service organization. Now, for organizations who are doing this, where do they turn for help or for advice? I mean, maybe their CIO has gone through one at a other company, but seeing how this a lot is going to try to impact their market share or go against competitors, you can't exactly call up similar groups and ask them how they've done it. Where is really the, the knowledge coming from in order to make your digital transformation a success? So where you want to look is you want to find a partner that you can work with and, and when I look at it, and as I'm looking out and talking to companies today, they're, they're not looking for somebody just to come in and do a spot project. If they're starting to go down this transformation path, they're actually looking for kind of that trusted advisor who can sit in with the C-level folks, who can talk about the strategy and what the drivers are and how to do the measurements and kind of help to craft 
that two to three year vision along with uh, for a strategic plan and a one year kind of tactical type approach, but then have that group also be a kind of preferred or the development partner to work with them so that you have kind of a cohesive group, somebody who kind of from both management points of view understand the vision of where you're going and can also articulate if any changes come down the road, but somebody who's also bought in to kind of take you down that path and get you to that successful endpoint down the road in either three, six, 12 months, and have a group that, from a development point of view, is going to be able to pivot when it needs to pivot. Greg Kinsel, Principal of Business Strategy and Digital Transformation at Catalyte. Thank you so much for helping us all land on the correct side of this 50-50 digital transformation divide. Thank you for your time. I, I appreciated the opportunity to talk to you today, Adam. Um, this is very near and dear to my heart. So if anybody who hears this wants to contact me, I'm more than open to talk to you a little bit more about this. 